lights are on. Man, we have had so many things. It was right. <laughs> I, I don't know what God wants to say today. I didn't think it was that great a message. But <laughs> evidently, there's something this morning that somebody's supposed to hear. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been invited here. Because I can tell you one thing, God's not wasting your time by inviting you to come here this morning. You remember last week's message whenever Ed was speaking, but what did, he, what did he tell us? God knows, right? God knows you. God knows where you're at. God knows what's going on in your life. And he's picked you. Isn't that the coolest thing in the world? God knows you. The Almighty God, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that caused the flood to destroy the earth and start all over again, the God that brought so much destruction into Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sin there. God, God loves you and He wants you and He knows you've screwed up. And I just think that's an amazing thing that God says right now is not the time for judgment because I love you and I want to do something in your life. And there's, there's some really cool things that, that as I was thinking about last week's message that that God was speaking to me about. And, and it's just, my eyes were really opened this week to an to a to a old passage of Scripture that I love very much. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 30, we read these words. And, and most of you know I'm a, I'm a New King James kind of guy. I was raised on the Old King James, and that's, you know, all the these and the thous and the thuses and the th- so forths and all that. And so I kind of went to the New King James and uh, just because it's a little easier to read and other people are... And that's just, just who I am. I'm not speaking for or against any other translations. I'm saying this is what I normally read from. Okay? That's all I'm saying this morning. And, and I've always read this passage and it says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Now this is Jesus speaking. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that passage of Scripture has always meant a lot to me. Of course, growing up and being around a farm, anytime Jesus was teaching and He used something from agriculture, I kind of get it. It makes sense to me. But a couple weeks ago, one of the men on a Monday night happened to bring a translation of the Bible to Monday night group called the Passion Translation. And I hadn't heard much about it, and I was... And I'm always kind of skeptical when there's a new translation out there. Uh, You know, kind of like, what are you guys doing with the word now? It's kind of always just been the way I've been. But I want to read this passage in the Passion Translation. Because it opened my eyes to a different view of this. So the Passion reads it this way. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father. 
And no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But check out this next line because it really jumped out at me. It said, but the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone He chooses. And as I read that line, I began to think about, that's what Jesus is doing today. He is revealing God to you and to me on a daily basis. Whether it be from fellow believers in Christ who are sharing with one another, whether it be our personal study in the Word, whether it be when you're in part of a small group and other people are studying the Word together with you. But Jesus is working in those situations. He's invited you to come and be a part of those situations because He wants to reveal the Father to you and all that the Father is. We can't know all that the Father is yet. But Jesus is revealing Him to us one step at a time. And, and we even read a couple weeks ago in one of the small groups in 2 Corinthians, I believe it was, where it says the enemy will blind us to who the Father is. And so maybe you don't even realize who God really is and what He really wants to do in your life. Maybe you don't know today how much God loves you. Maybe you do, and maybe your neighbor doesn't know that. But Jesus is revealing in us today that He loves us. He loves us so much that the very next statement in this passage is, Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to Me. And I sat and stared for the longest time at the words, come to me. You see, when, when you look at the original language and the way this was written, this is one of the very few places in Scripture where it actually says, come to me. We see other places in Scripture where it's follow me. We see other places in Scripture where it's go to the Father. We see other types of that. But this is a very personal, come to me. Jesus is inviting you and me today to come to Him. To come to Him and get to know Him. Don't go to the speaker. Come to Him. Jesus wants us to come to Him this morning. He is inviting us to find in Him what we are lacking. Let me say that again. God is inviting us to find what we are lacking in Him. Now maybe you think you have life altogether. Maybe you think you got it all figured out and got the bull by the tail. I've had a few animals by the tail already. You normally don't have it figured out. And I'm telling you today that God knows, just like we learned last week, God knows you might not have it all figured out. God knows that you're in a rough situation right now. God knows that your burden is heavy. 
God knows that you are lacking something. God knows your kids are all crazy. And it's okay. I don't care. Please. I see the frustration on your face. We don't care. It's okay. Hey, you got to have the kids here. Let them squall. We're good. God loves us and He wants us all here and He wants us to hear from Him and He wants to reveal Himself to you today. He wants to reveal you so much because you need Him so much. God says, I know you're weary. God says, I know you're tired. I know your burden is heavy. So come to Me. God knows that sin has separated us from Him and that our life is difficult and He is calling us back to Himself today. God says, I know. Clear back in the garden. Adam and Eve brought condemnation into this world. It, the one, one of the phrases in there in part of Adam's curse is that we would have to deal with the weeds in growing a crop. I see that. And any one of you who have raised a garden know what that's like. You experience that curse on a daily basis just in the weeds in your garden. Could you imagine growing vegetables without having to pull weeds? Wouldn't that be the great For anyone who's ever gardened, that would be the greatest thing ever. And spiritually, we've got a, a break in our lives. We've got a separation in our lives that separates us from God. And because of that, there's a weakness in our life. And because of that, we are lacking. And because of that, we don't have the strength to carry on. But Jesus is inviting us today and every day to come to Him. Because He knows you're lacking. And He wants to fill you today. The next phrase in our, in our passage of Scripture says, God, I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Amen. Your, your burden's heavy. You're tired. Come to me, because I will refresh your life. Because I am your oasis. God's desire is to refresh us and to give us peace. I'm not sure growing up I was taught that God's desire was to refresh me and give me peace. I understood the separation from God. I understood that I was a sinner. I understood that, that without Christ I face an eternal damnation in hell. I get all that. I don't think I ever really grabbed a hold of the fact that God's desire is to refresh us and give us peace. Peace. That word for oasis is that peace. That separation, that time away sometimes from all the noise, from all the hardness. Let's just look at what God has done in Scripture. God wanted to set Israel free and give them a land flowing with milk and honey. They were, they were in Israel. Or Israel was in Egypt as slaves. And God's whole desire for His chosen nation was to set them free, to put them in a land flowing with milk and honey, to make them a great nation. 
When Jesus came to this earth, He came with the ministry to heal, to forgive, and to set free. Jesus Himself said that's His ministry. David writes in the Psalms, Psalm 3, verse 3 through 6, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and He heard me from His holy hill. Selah. Stop and think about that for a minute. You cried to the Lord and He heard your voice. I laid down and I slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. What's the first thing that happens when you're worried and struggling with something in your life? Can't shut that brain off and go to bed at night. Can't go to sleep. Psalmist says, because God is his shield, and he's the one who encourages him, he was able to lay down and sleep And he awoke the next morning because the enemy couldn't even catch him in his sleep when he wasn't looking. I will not be afraid because my God is my shield. My God is my oasis. My God is where I go. God this morning has a desire to refresh us and give us peace in our lives. Then God continues in this Matthew passage, or Jesus continues, with the words, simply join your life with mine. And this is where I began to notice a difference from the King James. Because in the King James it says, take my yoke upon you. Now when I think of a yoke, what do I think of? That's more of a burden, that's hooking me to work, that's making me do something. But when you really look at the the real translation of the original language, the the translation is not so much the burden putting on, but it really means to bend your neck to my yoke. The focus becomes the union with Christ, not the work. You see, God has invited you to intimately join with Him. That's what the taking the yoke upon you is. We are invited as believers in Christ to intimately join with God. Now, I have something this morning that I want to do to demonstrate this. Maybe this will click in your head. It clicked in my head. Elmer Emerson... Can you guys come help me? I did give them fair warning, by the way. All right. Now, anybody ever see one of these up here before? This is a shovel plow. Emerson, this is for you. Elmer, you know how to run one of them. Elmer borrowed that from me one time. When we were kids... This is how we dug the rows to plant our potatoes. All right? My dad, oh, no, you hang on to that. No, that's yours, buddy. That, that is yours. All right, Emerson. 
Dig the row of potatoes. How are you going to do that? You don't know? You're going to pull? Okay, how are you going to pull? Like that? You think you're going to be able to dig very deep ditches? No, not very big. You know, see, here's the point. God has a job He wants to get done. And Elmer gets to be God today. All right? And, and he's got a ditch that needs to be dug. And if that ditch isn't deep enough, the potatoes aren't going to be planted deep enough in the ground. And then whenever those potatoes grow, the potatoes are going to be on the surface of the ground and they're going to sunburn and they're going to become no good. And so Emerson has been tasked with a job today of scoring a row for potatoes. But God doesn't say, all right, Emerson, go out and dig the row of potatoes. Because he has Jesus. Because Jesus is partnering with us. In fact, it's the other way around. Emerson gets to partner with Jesus. You see, it's more like this. Emerson, turn around. No, let go. You can let go now. Turn around. Put your, there you go. Grab a hold there. Grab a hold there. Now look, Jesus is here with you. Ah, get a hold, both hands there. Now you see, whenever we went to pull, no, you've got to cross your arms. See, mine and your arms cross. There you go. Because see, we're pulling together. Notice how, turn a little bit. See how our arms are crossed? Because we're pulling evenly. We're going to pull together. We're going to go in the same direction. We're going to work together as a team. Jesus has set up in our lives that He wants to yoke together with us as a team. He's not sending you out into the field to dig a ditch on your own. God has sent you out in the field with Jesus. To dig a ditch. Do you think you and I are going to dig a deeper ditch than you by yourself? Yeah, I think so. Now, the other thing you got to know when you're pulling the shovel plow, buddy, don't take big steps. All right? We're going to take real little steps. We're going to take short steps. Yeah, because that's a lower gear. All right? You get more torque. So we'll use little steps, little steps, little steps. Step together. Walk with me. Step with me. Walk with me. Step with me. There we go. There we go. There. See how much work we can get done? All right. You guys can go sit down. Thank you, Elmer. Thank you, Emerson. You guys are awesome. I learned a long time ago how to pull a shovel plow because my dad taught me. Here's the great thing. Jesus wants us to unify with Him. Jesus is on the end of that single tree with you pulling the plow. Don't think you're doing it alone. Don't think you've got to do it by yourself. Don't think you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's not you. It's Christ in you. It's you unified with Christ. That's how you get things done. That's why the burden is light. That's why it's easier. That's why God can say, I want to refresh you. It's because you're going to be unified with Christ. So believers in Christ, stop trying to do it on your own. For too long, we've walked as believers in Christ trying to do this on our own. We have not unified ourselves with God through His Son. We are to be in unity. We are not sent by the Father to do the task. He goes with us and Jesus is pooling with us. 
God knows you're just digging a row, but He knows it's deeper than just digging a row. There's going to be a fruit produced. If you think whatever God's asked you to do right now is meaningless, it's not. No matter how meaningless the task seems in your life, it has great meaning from the beginning to the end. Every little part. You don't know what may be the future of what you're doing when you feel like you're just digging a ditch. That ditch may be of a great benefit to someone. God is not going to call us to a work that is worthless. We are invited to join with Christ to follow the work of God. The next phrase is in our passage. He says to learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle and I'm humble and easy to please. Just like Emerson had to learn how to take that single tree and how to grab a hold with me. He had to learn that that the steps are small and powerful, not big and long trying to stretch yourself out. We're not doing lunges trying to pull this. Maybe I pulled the plow too many times and that's the reason my hips are bad today. I don't know. But I'm telling you, God says there's an easier way. There was one year we were planting potatoes and my uncle always seemed to come in to visit and he had brought his grandsons with him. And one of the grandsons was staying in bed and wasn't out helping us plant potatoes and my uncle got mad and went in and grabbed the grandson and drug him out. And... We were, we were pulling that single tree just like I showed you. But because he was coming out, we grabbed another chain and another single tree and put him up ahead of my brother and I. Well, it was great for the first row and a half because that boy was angry. But he wore out in the first row and a half. And my brother and I were back to pulling the plow. <laughs> yeah, for a row and a half, we didn't have to do a thing. But you see, he didn't realize... That if he'd have learned, if he'd have done what was right, if he'd have walked in God's ways, take the short, powerful steps, don't try to run across the field. God wants to do the same thing in our lives. He wants to teach us His ways that are gentle and humble and easy to please. God doesn't have a whip in His hand. Jesus isn't standing there barking orders at you. No. Jesus is walking with you. And God's saying there's a better way. Listen to my Son. He's going to reveal to you my better way. Looking through Scripture, we see that Samuel had to learn the voice of God. He didn't know it when God began to speak to him. Jesus spent three years teaching His disciples and they really still didn't even get it until the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost. Peter had to learn how to rein in his enthusiasm right up to the end trying to split a guy's melon and just cutting his ear off. And Jesus had to put it back on. Sometimes it's hard to learn the ways of God in our own mind. But God says, look, my ways are gentle, my ways are humble, and they're easy to please. 
So listen to me. Because I want to be your oasis. I want to refresh you. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17, Paul is teaching Timothy, and he tells him these words, But you must continue in the things which you have learned, and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given for inspiration, by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God did not leave us without an instruction manual. And He wants to teach us on a daily basis how to take that next step, how to do that job a little easier how to follow Him more as He would have us to be. So we are invited to join with Christ in our work. He wants to teach us His ways. And then when we continue in our passage, we see the next step is that you will find refreshment and rest in Jesus. Here Jesus is saying that there is encouragement and there is strengthening in God. When we go to His oasis, whenever we get to know Jesus, whenever Jesus reveals the Father to us, we find encouragement and we find strength. Just like God's not whipping us to pull the plow, He's encouraging us. He's pouring courage into us. He's giving us strength to do the job. It's not that every job is going to be so easy. It's that in our mind and in our spirit, we are comfortable with it because God has joined with us through His Son. And He is encouraging us. And He is strengthening us. Moses thought he couldn't do the job of leading the people out of Egypt. God said, yeah, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. I'll even send your brother to help you. (coughs) Esther, a young woman, was placed in a position for such a time as this was placed in a position of influence to save an entire nation. She needed God to pour courage into her to even face the king unannounced. Jesus in His own words in John 10 came, said that He comes to give us abundant life. Not to give you a drudgery, not to give you just a hard time through this life, and then someday heaven's going to be great. He's come to give us an abundant life today. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching, and He gives us these words, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. 
Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? We serve a good, good Father. And our God wants to pour courage and wants to pour strength into us. Are you willing to ask for it? You know, normally what happens when we ask something of someone, there's a requirement behind, right? And that's what we always worry about. But I want you to look at what the next phrase in our Matthew 20 or 11 is. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. God's requirements on our life are easy to bear. Why? Because they're the best for us. Because it's not the hard way to go. We may think that there's something better out there and we may get disillusioned and think, oh, we got to have this or we got to have that. And God say, no, you really don't want that. Because the end result of that's going to be bad. Let's go back into the Old Testament and Scripture. And Israel was being led by God through the prophets. And they asked for a king. We want to be like every other nation. We want a king. We want a king. And they continued to ask God, we want a king. We want a king. And God said, no, you really don't want a king. I'm telling you. Finally, God said, all right, you want it, you can have it, but you got the bad with the good. God isn't going to whip us into submission. God isn't going to force you against your will. But I want to tell you today, God's requirements for you are easy to bear. Because God wants the best for you. He wants what is going to bring the best end result in your life. And I understand that sometimes it's hard to trust that God because we see things in this world and it's hard to understand that spiritually there's more going on. You see, when we get our eyes on the things around us, we begin to worry and we quit trusting God and what is right. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It says this, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put it on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? 
Which of you can wor- by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Why are you looking around thinking you need to have what the neighbor has? Why are you thinking you need something more than what God has given you? We continue and it says, Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith! God put such a high value on your life that He sent His Son to redeem you. You think He won't make sure you got clothes for your back? But yet in all our craziness, we think we got to push and go and push and go and try to make this and try to do that because that's what the American dream is. Ed talked about that a couple weeks ago. Because that's what our neighbors have. No! What does God have for your life? What is God pouring into you? Because He's an oasis for you. He wants the best for you. Oh, you of little faith. Trust Him. The passage continues, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God's requirement for us is seek Him and seek His righteousness. Desire to be hooked to the plow that God is steering for your life. Because Jesus is going to unify with you. And that's going to make it a whole lot easier to pull when Jesus is pulling with you. It's no fun pulling a shovel plow when one person wants to go a different direction than another. But I'm telling you, there's an intimacy there when you wrap your arms around each other and you're stuck shoulder to shoulder, grabbed a hold of that same single tree when you're stomping in step as you walk across that field, you can accomplish so much and not realize how much you've done. Jesus wants to reveal Himself to you today. One more slide there. God's revealing to us that He has what we lack. He wants to refresh and give us peace. He wants us to join with Him intimately. He will teach us His ways. 
He will strengthen and encourage us as we go. And His requirements for our life are easy. So trust Him. I can tell you of all the times things went really bad in my life, it was because I did not do those things. It was when I got away from Christ, when I didn't trust His strength, and when I went against His ways. God has what we lack. He wants to refresh you and give you peace. He wants to join with wants you to join with Him. He will teach you His ways. He will strengthen and encourage you. And His requirements are easy. Grab a hold of that this week. Let's stand as we close in prayer. God, thank You so much that You haven't just sent us out to the field to dig a ditch without any instruction, without any way of doing it, without the knowing, without the power that comes from You. God, thank You for moving in our lives. Thank You for being in our presence here. Holy Spirit, thank You for being in this place. God, I just pray that whoever's hearing this message today and knows they need to get back to unified, being unified with Christ, that they would go and talk to someone here after the service. God, I pray that you would just give them courage to step out and start again in the right direction. That they would seek out Mike or Jeff or if it's one of the ladies that one of the ladies would seek out, or myself. God, don't let us go home without making a change in our lives today. Your burden is easy. It's light. Help us to grab a hold of you this day and walk in the ways that you would have us to walk. Thank you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.